love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. I can only imagine how pleased you must have been when beautiful Natalie McMaster pranced into the room carrying the fiddle. Well, I'm sitting there in the common room watching all these girls go by and in walks the girl with the fiddle and oh my goodness, what a beautiful fiddle. It was kind of a brown um, fiddle. With... <laughs> Sorry, I had to Natalie. I, I laugh every time he's used no. that joke before. <laughs> Hi, I'm Nancy Regan. This week's fabulous love story belongs to Natalie and Danelle and their family of talented fiddlers and step dancers. Both Natalie and Danelle were famous in their own right when love brought them together. And now their Celtic clan is spreading the love and the joy of music virtually. Natalie and Danelle, so happy to talk to you. Oh, thanks, Nancy. Thank you. Let's go back. And usually I say, let's go back to when you first met. But actually, I'd love you both to tell me about growing up with music. So, Natalie, do you want to start? Sure. Growing up with music is just was uh, not even thought about in any special sort of way. It was just so assumed, like eating food and drinking and, you know, living, breathing, you listen to music. The community I grew up in was very music is very musical as well. And a lot of any event we went to, it was an event that hosted traditional music. So that was my environment. On special occasions for school and those types of events, they'd have me bring my fiddle in and that was all felt normal. You know, I often hear about your peers, what did they think or wasn't cool. And I never grew up with that. I was always, I always felt special and I always felt like people thought it was cool what I did. Of course, you were the niece of Buddy McMaster, who was such a famous fiddler in Cape Breton. When did your fame start? I would say probably sometime more significantly when I had gone to teacher's college. So prior to teacher's college, um, I had done some traveling to the States and outside of Cape Breton, uh, in my late teens, I had recorded um, a cassette when I was 16 years old, and that helped in a lot of ways to spread the word. But it was when I was in my second year of college, that's when I got management. That's when I there were record companies looking at all the East Coast acts. There was a bit of a buzz, some excitement. And I ended up signing a record deal, and that just took things to another level. And I would say that's when I really figured out that I'm going to be playing the fiddle for a living as opposed to me thinking I was doing it on the side. Um, the teaching, the teacher's college I was at, um, I ended up missing a lot of time and finishing my, my teacher's college degree part-time, through part-time studies and then through correspondence. So yeah, I'd say it was probably 2021. 20, Right around the time, uh, Danelle and I were courting. 
Aha, uh-huh. well, we're not getting to that, though. Let's keep them waiting. Danelle, tell me about your amazing <laughs> uh, childhood filled with music, too. Well, I, I'm one of 11 siblings. Mom moved up to Ontario, met dad, married, had 11 children. And they had a band. Um, we were beef farmers. And they had a band on weekends. They'd play locally at round dances and square dances. And and um, um, and then they started us playing music. So I'm, I'm the eldest boy, but I'm fifth uh, in line. There's four sisters older than me. And they taught Chrissy, the eldest, how to play. And then Julie. And then you just kind of wanted to to, to, to play, to keep up or to be involved. <laughs> and there were always, uh, dances we could go to. I can remember, uh, we'd get, get to go to a, a, a wedding mom and dad would be playing at a wedding, uh, or, 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 a, or a barn dance or something. And I, I'd be sitting on the stage by mom's feet and mom and dad would say that I would fall asleep underneath the piano at mom's feet. Uh, so we were always around the music and in our, in our little house, uh, you were challenged to keep up, you know, you didn't want to be left behind. Uh, but wonderful memories of house parties. And I remember mom, mom, dad and, and, and the band would come back to our place after, uh, after a night's, uh, you know, entertaining and they would have a bite to eat, maybe have a little drink. And they would say, would you play us a tune, Danelle? And those were the big moments for me that I had an audience that, uh, cared or gave me the limelight and and um my memories are just being around the music and the people and um but fame also found you and your whole family yeah so (laughs) the Leahy family was when we played it was mom and dad and then when they kind of we got old enough to drive we continued on as the Leahy family and then when we came back from Germany we not everybody could I was I wanted to book into into clubs into bars and not everyone could play and we we decided to use the name Leahy to signify that it was something different than, you know, all of us. So there was a, just to, we became Leahy. And didn't you have some years where nobody, like everybody was in school? And that, that's what I mean. We yeah, couldn't get everybody out. And so there were four of us that would go and play and we called ourselves Leahy. And that's mm-hmm. sort of what continued on. Okay, cool. So how did the two of you meet? Well... Shall I or shall you? Well, I, I'll set it up and then you can. Okay. So it's a fitting question at a fitting time. When I was in Germany in, for six months, non-English speaking uh, part of the world with our family, my sister Denise had a cassette tape of a fiddler from Cape Breton. And the girl's name was Natalie McMaster. And the tape had been, there was no picture on the tape. It was just the tape itself. So we started listening to this music and I loved it. Um, and I knew the age of the girl. It was a young girl and she was at the time, I think you recorded it when you were 16 and you might've been 18 at this, this time. And anyway, I really liked it. And I got home from Germany and I needed to get away. So I jumped in the car. I always get, I find that line so weird. I went to Germany and now I need to get away. Like you were away. <laughs> I know, but I think it was, I was with my family for six months. Oh, and I, was, I, I need to be alone. I need to be alone. Yeah. I need to just to be by myself. So I jumped in the car and drove the 20 hours down to Cape Breton. I also have family in Cape Breton that I thought I'll go and see them, but I, I'll go and try and find this girl. You're kidding. You can take it from there, sweetheart. So I got a call. Yeah, no. This, Come I on. know it's not 
I know this is nuts. He can tell you every detail about that thought process. I learned her CD. I learned the CD, her, uh, her tape. I learned it on the steering wheel of the, of the, the car driving down. I played it and I, can, I just played and I learned it. And I actually at one point, at one point, I, was, I got lost. Now, how do you get lost going down the Trans-Canada from, from Ontario to, to, <laughs> to Cape Breton? I mean, you can't. And I, I had to actually stop and I got off somehow, not even focusing. I was playing the fiddle on the, on the, on the steering wheel. <laughs> so, but wait one sec. I do have to clarify one thing though. Danelle, you, you said originally you hadn't seen any picture of her. There was no picture on the, on the cassette. But by the time you went looking for, in her Cape, for her in Cape Breton, had you seen a photo of her? No, nothing. I mean, it was wow. like, why didn't we didn't have cell phones and you didn't have a promo like you weren't you weren't famous, so to speak. Uh, you there was didn't, no Internet. There was then. no nothing like um, <laughs> was there if there was. Anything. Well, we didn't certainly have it. But no, I had no picture. <laughs> and I, I just I just said, I'll go meet the music and the girl and away I went. That was fate calling your name. So what was it professional or personal motive that uh, drove you along that highway? <laughs> well, I'll just say I was attracted to the music and I, I, I thought, I thought I should meet this girl. And there was certainly a, probably, a um, there probably was a personal, uh, well, probably yes or no. Well, there, there would have been, <laughs> but I, I mean, I had a number of reasons. I wanted to go by myself away I love the music. I thought I should at least go down and meet the music. Cape Breton was a, a part of, of, of my mom was from Cape Breton. And of course, we haven't, I hadn't spent as much time there. Uh, and I, I thought this is just, there were just enough reasons to go, but Natalie was the main reason. Okay, Natalie, I've got to hear it from your so, perspective now. <laughs> I always find it very intriguing too, even still. I'm like, what made you drive there? Anyway. I was hoping for some really romantic soliloquy. <laughs> anyway, I um, was going to teacher's college at the time, and it was, I think, 1991. And I got literally got a phone call. I was living in the dorm at teacher's college, and I got a phone call one day. One of the girls came in and said, Natalie, phone's for you. It was like a communal phone. Answer the phone. Hi. Hi. Uh, my name is Danelle Leahy. I'm a fiddler from, uh, you probably don't know me, but I'm a fiddler from Ontario. And I said, I do know you. I have your cassette tape at home. And uh, he said, well, I'm in town tonight. And I was wondering if I could take you out to dinner. Wow. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> I, he said, and he said, if you could bring along your fiddle. He said, bring along your fiddle and then I'll know who you are. I don't know what you look like, so bring along your fiddle. Yeah, I don't know what you look like, so bring along your fiddle. So we, so. we were meeting, we were, had arranged to meet in, in the college common area. Yeah. So I'd be sitting there not knowing. Which girl was me? I might have taken the wrong girl out for dinner that night. God, the story could have been different. <laughs> well, you know what? That was kind of a stroke of genius, I think. But also, Danelle, I, I can only imagine how pleased you must have been when beautiful Natalie McMaster pranced into the room carrying the fiddle. Well, I'm sitting there in the common room watching all these girls go by and in walks the girl with the fiddle. And oh, 
my goodness, what a beautiful fiddle. It was kind of a brown um, <laughs> fiddle. With... <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Not I, heard, I laugh every time. He's used no. that joke before. Uh, oh, <laughs> my goodness. Fiddle. I was shocked. I mean, it was like you asked why was I there? And there was all these reasons. But you get excited to, to meet even on a, on a musical it, level. You get totally to, you excited to meet person. another musician's yep. music that you like and and it was like, oh my goodness! So now don't overdo it. Well, no, I, I, it was she, she was such a beautiful girl. She's such a, she is a beautiful girl. But anyway, we went out for dinner, had a lovely dinner, and then um, Natalie had access to a practice room um, in the college. Mm-hmm. So we went with our fiddles and went into the practice room and, and played tunes. And so the date I thought had gone quite well. And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to be around for a little bit. Could we go out again tomorrow night? Now, I believe it was a Wednesday night that we went out because Natalie said, or was it a Thursday? I think it was a Wednesday because Natalie said, I can't go out with you tomorrow. I'm flying to Toronto to play for a, a function in Toronto. And I think she was flying the next day, which would be Thursday and playing Friday uh, So uh, when I dropped her off at her dorm, I jumped in the car uh, and drove to Toronto and went to the, uh, to her, her gig in Toronto on the Friday night. Yeah. (laughs) Was she, did you surprise her at the gig in Toronto? No, I knew he was coming. Wow. Okay. Well, first of all, Danelle, I don't know what made you think that the prettiest girl on Cape Breton Island would be free a second night in a row. (laughs) Okay. So you get to Toronto to this gig. What happens next? Well, it it gets cloudy from there. I went to the gig in Toronto and, um, uh, I live two hours from Toronto. That's where we live now also. Um, so I went to the gig and I remember it was like, I think it was a Cape Breton dance. And of course I went there and I just don't remember what happened after that. We, Kind of struck mm. up a little bit of a friendship, and then, then we just kept seeing each just other. Just kept seeing each other. The um, romance grew. The we rom- dated for two years, broke up for ten, and then got married. You broke up for <laughs> ten. Yep. Wow. Was that his fault? <laughs> Nancy, you are hilarious. <laughs> Don't hold back, girl. It was just hitting for both of us. Natalie was nineteen, and it was just starting to everything was the world was. We were traveling the world separately. And I really look back on it now and, and, and we really needed to, to do what we did uh, um, to establish ourselves. And, and Yeah, it's one thing to have, a, like we had a long distance relationship, obviously. He lived in Ontario and I lived in Nova Scotia, like I was going to college in Churro. And so, um, yeah, we didn't see each other very much. And then plus any weekend we had, we were gone. Like we, we really had a, a phone call of a relationship. You know, yeah. oftentimes we'd, we'd get together little spurts here and there, but it wasn't very often. So how did life bring you back together? I was actually at um, my mom's place, mom and dad's for Easter. And Danelle was in Halifax and he just phoned, phoned. I remember mom coming down the hall, <clears throat> the phone. She was in the office. The office was at the end of the hall and she comes down saying, it's Danelle on the phone. It's Danelle on the phone. <laughs> And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I talked to him. We had a great chat. We went out. He said, I'm, I'm around, you know, and I thought you might be home. Great. We went out for dinner, of course. And 
after two months, he proposed, and here we are. Two months. Wow. Danelle, you knew. I knew. I knew, too. I was ready. I was waiting. I was like, I had my yes already ready. <laughs> you want to tell me about the proposal? <laughs> I love the proposal. Do you mind? No, you can tell. It was really sweet. So we land in Halifax. Obviously, I'm excited to show him my this condo, and it was on the Bedford Highway. Anyway, um, so then we drive to my mom and dad's, and Danelle's telling me how he's excited. We're going to spend the weekend or one of the nights with um, his cousin, Peter. Peter McDonnell. So I'm like excited to go down to see Peter. And so anyway, we were at mom's for a bit. We go to Peter's, but on the way to Peter's, Danelle says, why don't we stop in here at Broad Cove? That's where his mom was, uh, grew up. That's the parish that she belonged to Broad Cove parish. And, um, so we went to the church there and we, it was a rainy day and we, he parked the car in amongst the cemetery, there was like a little place you could park your car. And we just, it was pouring rain. And, oh, I can't even think about it. That was so sweet. But anyway, so. My, Danelle, gran my grandfather and my grandfather and grandma and my uncle, Father Angus McDonnell are, are buried at, at Broad Cove. Wow. So it was very quiet and we were praying for like just internally. Like you're just sitting there in the quiet. And I thought, boy, this guy's really deep because he's taking a time to, you know, connect with his ancestors here or pray for them. And and then he said, why don't we go inside for a minute? So we went inside and we knelt down. And um, anyway, it, we went to leave. And I kept thinking, wow, this guy's really, really deep or really like, I just, I was just loving it. It was, was a whole new level. This little, little spot on the way to connect with his people. And as we were leaving, I, I guess I won't go into every single detail, but <laughs> as we were leaving, he did tell me there was something else he had to say. And I thought it was going to be awful. I don't know. I was just bracing myself for, for oh, what, what could he possibly have to tell me? Cause he looked so like just intent in his face. <laughs> his facial expression was so brilliant of some sort. Scared. <laughs> That's anyway, it. and then he got down on one knee and asked me if I would marry him. He pulled out that ring and opened the box, and I immediately was ready with my yes, as I told you. I just didn't expect to be saying it after two months. Wow. It was really awesome. <laughs> that is so great. So you were in that sweet little church in Broad Cove. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You know, everyone yep. who listens and then travels around Cape Breton is going to want to go there. <laughs> Did you dream that uh, this many years later you'd have seven kids? No, and we both obviously wanted children and were, were open to whatever we could receive, you know, and we were given seven little sweethearts. And uh, Mary Frances is now 15, Michael is 13, Claire is 12, Julia is 10, Alec is eight, Sadie is six and Maria is two. Oh my gosh. What has motherhood meant to you? Oh my goodness. Nancy, you're going to turn me into a wreck here. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. More of the same. You just, you just, you just feel so much love for your kids. That's the part that, that just really is overwhelming all the time. You know, no matter if you're, 
you know, if you're getting angry at your kids, you're getting angry because you love them so much and you want to teach them good things to take with them. And I always say to my kids, I said, it takes a lot for me to get angry. So, you know, know that I, I love you so much. I'm trying to show, impress upon you that, you know, that was wrong or this is the way something should happen. And, and so you feel that all the time. You feel that through the joy, you feel like this, this love that's intense and always there, no matter what circumstance is going on. And I feel really grateful to have had seven children. Um, and they're all so wonderfully different and varied. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing. You often hear that, oh, they're all so different. Well, yeah, that's, that's what they are. Um, it's not cliche. And just they're, they're all such great little gifts. And we're, I'm just loving motherhood. Oh, that's fantastic. I want to turn it back to you two for a moment, though, because I feel like you both and your whole family have lifted spirits through the pandemic. I know you've done some virtual concerts uh, throughout the year, and you've been doing some fundraising, for instance, for local theaters. And I, oh, I was yeah. wondering, has that been important to you to contribute at a time like yes. this? Yes. In recognizing that through my own self, I'm recognizing that through every because of my own experiences, I'm recognizing that we can provide for people a few little outlets just to get excited about something coming up or something to do. Like, yes, it's for us too, because we need to play for people. But more importantly, there's several underlying fruits that come from, from that. And it is, you know, engaging other people in something that's really uplifting and having people have, you know, a reason to look forward to something. Um, and we get so many lovely responses that I really internalize them now more than I did maybe in my twenties or when I was super busy and I see the value so much more in, in music and, and providing music. When, when we, when we, when, when life was normal before this pandemic, you kind of plug yourself into your life. We have a tour book. We have to show up at the airport. You go to the show. You, everyone has their role and away you go. Now there's been this pause and, you know, we've, we've, for example, with our Christmas, with our Christmas uh, virtual tour show, we ended up talking to a lot of the theaters just because we had an opportunity to, mm -hmm. to hear their story and hear their struggles I would not normally get that opportunity. And I actually phone them, say, how's it going? What's, you know, and we ended up working with them to, to, to help, to help them out a little bit. It's the same thing. The response is coming back. We get a lot of response and, and we, we, we get to hear a, a lot of them, but we really were able to focus on them and, and seniors residences and, and people saying how much it meant to their family and, you know, really, uh, really cool stuff to hear. So, um, it and means, there's so much need out there. And I think music is so helpful. And, and Yeah, like imagine a world without it. It would be terrible. So this is the little thing we can do, um, you know. And, and thank, thank God, as much as I get mad at this virtual stuff and, and computers and technology, thank God we have it because we're able to reach people and, and connect. 
Absolutely. And and Natalie, you reached people in such a profound way when you took part in the Nova Scotia Remembers special after the shooting in April. Can you just talk a little bit about doing your performance with Emily? Sure. That Emily, oh, so sweet. Like Janelle came to me a couple of days after the shootings had happened and said to me, I don't know if you're, he said, I, I know I got something here you need to see. I don't think you should watch this yet or something. I said, show it to me. And so he showed me the video of Emily and I just couldn't believe it. And the two of us are just looking at each other thinking, oh my gosh, she was a fiddler. And, and she was a victim, then, we should say, of the shooting. Yes, Emily Tuck. And yeah, she was one of the victims and she was young. How old was she to know? Do you remember? 17 or 18. Teenager. Teenager. Yeah. And she, anyway, so at around the same time, they had asked if I would contribute something for Nova Scotia Remembers. And it was Danelle's idea. A few hours after us watching that clip on his phone, he said, you know, too bad you couldn't play with her. And we got thinking about it. And then with through technology, we were able to make it so that I, I kind of could. Yeah. You know, one of the beautiful things about that video that really hit me is, you know, we're the big fiddle players that travel around and do our thing. But that was the real fiddle player there, the real music, the real person who playing for the love of it and proud. Her dad was so proud of her. And I'm a dad and I'd be so proud of her, too. And I, I just it was a really really moving thing for us. It was for everybody, but I, I really thought, you know, hockey's not about Sidney Crosby. It's about me playing with my little boy out, our little girl out in the pond, you know, and I'm sure Sidney would say the same thing. So it just really puts things in perspective and what a beautiful performance. And um, yeah, it's just beautiful. Well, it hit, so it touched so many hearts and uh, you both, spread the joy of music and you spread the love and everyone appreciates it so much. You know, we, we see your spirit and your family brings people so much happiness. Thank you so much to both of you for making beautiful music together. You're welcome, Nancy. You make Thank the world a better Thank place. You. Thanks, Nancy. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers, Canada's largest family-owned jewelry store. They are proud to be putting love on the map. And the staff at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story too. So visit CharmDiamondCenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. This podcast is made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter. <laughs>